0: Hello and welcome to another episode of a Latter-day Family Podcast. I'm Latter-day Doofus.
1: I'm Latter-day Snark.
0: And that's the last time you'll ever hear us. Introduce a podcast with those <laughs> names. Dun dun
1: dun! Stay tuned.
0: Stay tuned to the end of the podcast to find out why. Today we are launching a. I think we'll probably do three part series. A multiple multi part yeah. series. Yes, yeah. multiple, multiple <laughs> parts. Multiple multi on letting God prevail. And today's focus specifically will be trusting in the Lord's timing. And I was actually just on Twitter a few moments ago and saw a great quote or a great scripture quoted that I thought would be a great launching point. So this is from Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9. And it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I could say that again. Yeah. I have seen that many times and been proven wrong plenty of times when I thought I knew what was best, when I thought I knew the timing was best. It's only taken me a few decades to learn it, but... I feel like I've really learned that lesson.
1: Yeah, that's a hard one.
0: It's a very hard one to learn.
1: Yeah, we tend to get enthusiastic about a lot of ideas that we have on our own.
0: <laughs> We're like, yes, this has to be right because it seems we fun. We love it. <laughs> it's exciting. It must be good for us and we must need it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so in chronological-ish order, let's start with dating and marriage.
1: When So we are not the same age. We've talked about this before. I'm four years older than doofus. It's the first time I've called you that on here. I
0: know. And the last, (laughs) probably. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, since I'm four years older than him, I was four years further along uh, trying to get married, (laughs) hoping to get married, I guess. and um,
0: 28 years old.
1: Yep. 29 the day after we got married. Yeah, you were basically, (laughs) basically let's call it 29. Okay, so.
0: Honeymoon 29. Yes.
1: Anyway, so I was uh, trying to find somebody that I was compatible with that I wanted to marry for a lot of years in there. Because I guess, well in the church we have we get married a little younger
0: yeah well but, you made I it mean, i mean just the fact that you made it through four years at byu I mean, yes i
1: went to byu for four years
0: and you're and not I was an in a awkward single freak for nature. a couple of
1: years. well thank you <laughs>
0: <laughs> but really Glad to hear that. no but really like i mean if we're gonna talk about the lord's timing <laughs> and the lord's will and our patriarchal blessings are very clear about how we were the, each of our patriarchal blessings specifically say chosen for you, someone chosen for you, someone specific. Yeah. Um, if you were being kept for me, for lack of a better term, <laughs> it's pretty awesome and amazing that you were kept single through all those years at BYU. Yeah. Especially when you tell me some of the stories of guys who clearly were interested in you and you were totally aloof.
1: I know. Well, it Sorry is to interrupt It though. is funny. <laughs> Not to sound like a weirdo, but like looking back at relationships that could have worked out well for me mm-hmm. he, when I was at BYU and after and they just like mysteriously just didn't and I can yeah. think of like well why didn't that work out beyond <laughs> just your control fizzle for no reason yeah. or like never happened or like you said I was aloof about a lot of mm-hmm. things so you know <laughs> that's,
0: and that's really funny not to say that everyone has a soulmate and that nobody can Just marry the person that feels right to them. We are talking about our specific situation because our patriarchal blessings are very specific on that topic. I just like to get that out of the way because it's a big debate. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Carry on.
1: Okay. Anyway, so anyway, I was looking for this specific person (laughs) for a while and I went to BYU. I went to the singles board and I was feeling really impatient, but it was hard because I was living in California in an area with not a lot of single members of the church. So... I'd say I was not trusting as much in the Lord's timing at that time. I was trying to do everything I could, but I was feeling like, what am I doing wrong? Most of the time I was thinking I was, I'm doing something wrong. Assuming it should have already
0: happened. Yeah. Like
1: I know I'm going to find somebody, but what am I going to be like 80 years old (laughs) by that time? You know,
0: that's such a common trap too, with trusting in the Lord's timing. It doesn't usually look as blatant as not, believing the lord's going to bless you yeah or you know or saying well i i'm just giving up i this is just the lord's not going to give this to me as much as it is well i knew i know he would have given this to me but there must be some other reason I why must he have didn't done something wrong yeah and it just if since it hasn't happened yet then i guess that's just i know it's not happening or it's not yeah. it's not gonna work out for me because of my own failing.
1: Exactly. It's easy to blame yourself and think you're just doing something wrong. But I feel like the Lord would have prompted me if there was some reason why. Right. But I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I started going to the singles branch around the same time you came back from your mission, like within yeah. a couple months after that. Well, so that's... And I was just in my family ward, like just happy as a clam in my family <laughs> ward, not really caring about going to the singles branch. Then the person I was in primary at the time, the primary president came to me and said, I think you should start going to the singles branch. And I was like, okay, I think you're right. I felt like, yeah, I'm supposed yeah. to go there, even though I'd tried going before it and I hated it.
0: It. Talk about divine uh, intervention because the same thing happened to me. I was a teacher in primary when I came back from my mission for a little while. Yeah. And then one of the counselors was like, You really need to not be in a home ward. You need to be <laughs> meeting and getting married. And I was like, All right, I guess i I know. Um
1: and you're one of the first people I remember meeting. It's really weird.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> if I had a better memory, I could he say would the same thing. I hold it against you. <laughs> all of my memories of the ocean branch that have stuck are with awkward Adrian and his hearse. Yeah. Anyway,
1: the one I went on the date with. Yes. The,
0: (laughs) the fellow with the dead bodies on the date. So if you hadn't waited, if that timing hadn't worked out according to the Lord's timing, obviously you could have really fouled things up for yourself. And (laughs) for me too, because I was, I wouldn't even been, been available to, Make a play for you. Yeah. <laughs> I had to get back to my mission and get through some of college. You
1: were a little kid. Anyway, we've, <laughs> we've made our point. Speaking of kids,
0: as we've mentioned before, the first four years of our marriage, we were not able to have children. Not like, oh, we're unwilling. We just didn't want to. Like, we no. wanted them and biologically, physiologically, it wasn't happening. And that was really hard. And we felt really resentful of people who had kids. And we said things like, well, we want to be parents. And we've been waiting all this time and preparing in all these ways to be parents. How come these other idiots have kids and we don't? (laughs) We might not not call them them. idiots, but yeah, we were. (laughs) It's likely we did.
1: Yeah, we were pretty bitter at that point.
0: But as my wife has very eloquently pointed out, we were also very... Screwed up because we had each come from somewhat dysfunctional families, and mm-hmm. just uh, there, there were no great examples of marriage, yeah, and relationships, no. for us to look to and to learn from.
1: Yeah, we definitely had a learning curve the first few years yeah. of being married, like big time.
0: So, and as we'll get to in an, a future episode, we'll we'll discuss the idiot ways that we fought <sighs> and wasted time fighting, and how yeah. we've since learned to. Pretty much avoid fights. Yeah. We're... Not avoid disagreements and not avoid challenging each other, yeah. but just avoid we wasting just time arguing. Just communicate
1: better and trust each other a lot better.
0: But for those four years, we absolutely shouldn't have had children in the mix. Yeah. Because we were just dumb. I'll we were dumb. spare the detail. Yeah. But <laughs> We each have had some embarrassing things we were driven to do in the heat of the moment. Yeah. So, again, trusting in the Lord's timing, you know, I'm not necessarily going to declare that the Lord was withholding children from us because of that, but he does make all things work together for your good. And he really helped us make good use of that time.
1: Yeah. Not just, I mean, we were able to both figure out a lot of those issues ourselves and maybe not, we're not totally perfect now, obviously we still have our own issues, but we were able to work through a lot of that stuff, yep. our own personal mm-hmm. issues. Right. So that we had a way stronger marriage by the time we did have kids. And
0: just more equipped to be yeah. focused on being a dad and a mom, yeah. not distracted by being a screwed up. Yeah. Selfish individual.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, having kids is mm-hmm. wonderful and amazing in so many ways, but it's also really hard. A lot of times, especially with your first yes. one, when you have a newborn and you don't really know what you're doing. It's stressful. And you
0: assume that you're supposed to know what you're doing. So then you feel even more (laughs) uptight. (laughs) realize you're not
1: supposed to know
0: that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. When you have your first kid, you think that it's all supposed to feel natural and comfortable. It's not until like number three and especially (laughs) number four that you realize, oh, okay, this is supposed to be chaotic and insane.
1: Exactly. And
0: I'm supposed to feel like I don't know what I'm doing each day, but still know enough of what I'm doing to not screw them up. Yep. Housing. We've really already... Talked Talked about about that that extensively, but just to relate it to this topic in each of the instances that we did not have the housing that we thought we wanted or couldn't afford housing and then something changed or something adjusted, it was all clearly divine intervention and the Lord blessing us. There was no way, there still is no way that I can say we have the home that we do because of our own industry or because we were so clever or because we... Did X, Y, or Z? We are 100% dependent on his blessings and his timing. Mm-hmm. And now knowing, you know, having received an answer to our prayer about where we should go from here, knowing that we're headed across the country, yeah, having faith to know that that's going to happen in his timing, yeah. It's hard to be patient, but it's really comforting to just think, hey, he's the one who wants us to go. He'll right. make it work out when it's right for it to work out. We don't need to feel yeah insanely impatient.
1: Um, one thing that I was thinking about was since we know that every single time we got the housing that we needed when we needed it, we can't deny that those were miracles like every single time. Absolutely. So when we were praying, like you said, about where we should move to and we got the answer that we should go there, it was so easy to be like, yep,
0: right. we're going. Like, right, because we didn't have the false idea that <laughs> it was up to us and we were just going to plow our own yeah. way and- we already ahead. had
1: so much practice just like knowing that the lord was taking care of us and we were in his hands
2: right and he had taken
1: such good care of us already every single time giving us exactly what we needed at those times when we really truly didn't need you know different housing and needed that he gave it to us so it's so easy to trust him like when we got a confirmation that that was where we we're supposed to go we're like yep we're going
0: Right. And if it's well, beyond our current capacity, we know that he'll <laughs> increase our capacity to get there. Exactly. And that's another way, just to kind of close out the this whole first section, we've been talking mostly about temporal matters. Our, our financial situation has been a direct uh, kind of dovetail with each need with every added kid mm-hmm. and with every change in housing there's been some change that's allowed us to still make it financially. Yeah. We have talked a little bit about how, you know, paying our tithing and being frugal is, has helped that. But a huge part of it has been the Lord allowing my career to advance and allowing us to earn money, whether it was mm-hmm. through side things or through my main job or whatever it was, making ends meet Yeah, and, and getting those opportunities, even to the point where, I mean, <laughs> I won't say too much, but in my current job, I'm technically under-credentialed for the job, mm-hmm. and I still got the job. It was amazing. <laughs> and I still have the job. Yeah. And on paper, you could say there's no way that guy should have that job, but the Lord increased my capacity to the point where I was the right person for the job. Yeah. And that's why they gave it to me because they knew my skills and my abilities, and In the process, we were able to avoid me having to go through a sixteen thousand dollar program to get that credentialing that was just going to be a technicality. Yep. So, countless, countless ways. So those are all temporal. Moving along to more spiritual matters, I think one of the biggest ones for me has been understanding the Lord's timing with when it comes to forgiveness. So I haven't talked a lot about it on here. I've mentioned it a little on Twitter, but my biological father was not a part of my life growing up. I found him and my half siblings about seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And then only recently have really had any direct contact with him. I emailed him a little bit, but at first he was you know, denying that I was, Even his kid, and then it moved on to, well, maybe it's possible. And then it was, well, let's do a DNA test. And the DNA test was done. Then it was a bunch of awkward, weird emails (laughs) with too much information about his relationship with my mom. (laughs) And during all of that, you know, I went from as a teenager just hating his guts, you know, the idea of him, I didn't know him, but the Mm -hmm. idea of him and vowing, you know, I can't wait till I meet him face to face so I can punch him in the face, you know, yeah. that level of resentment Yeah, uh, to recently being able to talk to him on the phone and interact with him and experience what it was like to have zero animosity. And if anything, yeah. just to really, you know, pity him and feel bad that he lost out on raising me and, and being a part of my life and understanding that There's really not any way that he's going to be able to relive that. No. And through that process, I've really been able to understand the power of forgiveness and the timing of forgiveness. So we know that the Lord requires us to forgive and he requires us to forgive all. He made it possible through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ for us to forgive anything and everything. But there's not a time attached to that. He doesn't say you must forgive 70 times seven within a five minute span or else you fail. And I think that that's often overlooked and people are wronged or they're hurt or they're angry and they think, well, I just need to forget about that and forgive. And because that's what the right thing is to do. And they miss out on a huge piece of how the atonement works. The atonement is a power to change our hearts. And that takes time. Yeah. And so being able to experience that and let that, you know, sit in that and wash, let that wash over me and and feel what it was like to resent him and then to try to understand his situation more and then to have some compassion. And that I think is amazing to think about the Lord has that power and that ability with time to allow what's once seemed impossible Mm -hmm. to now be a a joy a relief and not even feel like it was a big deal.
1: Yeah. Cause I can remember even just like not too long ago within the last several years where you're at the point where you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to want to
0: talk to him or dealing with him him or anything. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. And it seems like you've gotten just so much more peaceful about that. Yeah, and it not, doesn't
0: have to be on my mind.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not
0: even, it's just a non-issue mm-hmm. and that's the best part of forgiveness. Yeah. Let's talk callings. Okay. When we're on the spiritual matters.
1: Yeah. Well, with callings for me, I've always, I've never been offered a calling that I haven't taken. And I'm not saying that like in a braggy way or anything like that. It's just, it's, it's a, a fact. fact. It's the fact nope. I've never been asked to do a calling and said, no, um, there's been plenty of times where I was asked to do a calling, and I was terrified <laughs> about the calling. Even ones that may seem stupid to other people, like um, <clears throat> teaching Relief Society. That one was really hard for me. Yeah, which is funny. I'd been the Relief Society president before that, in a different in a branch which was much smaller. So it was like you know, ten women or something right. like that. And then to go to t- Uh, several years later, like five years or so later to teaching in relief society in a ward with mostly like older women and well, older than me, at least. Um, and who seemed so much more knowledgeable than me, it was really intimidating for me. So that was kind of one of my more terrifying callings. And I had it for like seven years or something.
0: And you won't include this detail, but I will. The women in the ward would love your lessons and look oh. forward to them and talk about how, if you missed teaching a week, uh, a month or whatever that they missed your lesson oh. and they were looking forward. When was the next time you were teaching? And I don't, I don't say that to say like, Oh, and you were so good at, but it, it relates to the bigger topic of capacity building. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important when it comes to callings and serving in the church to remember that the Lord is, is, Shaping us, we are, as Joseph Smith said, a rough stone rolling. Or maybe he didn't say that, maybe it was said about him. I can't remember.
1: I can't remember. Dang it.
0: <laughs> ah, someone who's smarter than me and has a better mind for history, correct me in this on my timeline. But we're we're imperfect and we're still progressing, and we're allowing the Lord to shape us. Yeah. And if we pass up opportunities to increase our capacity we're then forfeiting future opportunities to let our capacity increase even more. That's true. And that's true in callings, that's true in in jobs, in social situation. I mean it's it's all around. But specifically with callings, I think that your accepting that calling allowed you to increase in your capacity in that way. And that directly impacted your ability to be a good teacher with your children and you're able to mm-hmm. you know be a great homeschool mom now and great. <laughs> Okay, I say <laughs> <Thank> great. <you. laughs> um and so uh, my point is if if we accept and say yes to callings we're giving the lord an opportunity to not only prove to us that we can do it mm-hmm. but then prepare us to prove that we can do even more later on.
1: Yeah, I agree. Thinking back on callings I've had throughout throughout my life they definitely have all added to my knowledge of what I can do, mm-hmm. not just by myself, like with every single calling. I've always felt like the Lord was on my side doing it and making me greater than I could be on my own for sure. But, um, just anytime I've gotten a calling and I can think back, well, I was able to do that other thing. So, and heavenly father helped me do that thing. Right. So he's going to help me do this too. So I could do this one. That's kind of what goes through my mind. Usually when I'm being asked to do a scarier one,
0: like adding a kid to the family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one that has a direct correlation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we could have two yeah, kids. Have and manage them One to one defense. Let's try for three kids
1: yeah
0: <laughs> i think it's really important too this is one of my soap boxes but only because i haven't always thought this way and it's only come to me recently that it's important to remember that with other people's callings mm-hmm. i for a long time would you know see someone called as a bishop or an elders quorum president or something and be like oh that guy's got these problems and these flaws why yeah. should he be in that position and you forget that the Lord needs them in that position to teach them something or to prepare them in some way or to shape them. Yeah. And I can have an opportunity to stretch and grow beyond my own imperfections and my own biases. So if I happen to be someone who loves by the book doctrine mm-hmm. and following exactly <laughs> what the handbook says, I have to be stretched to have a bishop who likes to kind of shoot from the hip. Yeah. And have kind of off-the-cuff meetings with no agenda. Yeah. That's not our current bishop, by the way. No. <laughs> if you're listening, we're flattered. <laughs> but those are all opportunities that the Lord uses each other to, to teach us and help us grow. And we have to remember that the people in the callings that may challenge us, it's for them too. Yeah. It's not just for us. Mm-hmm. So He's not only going to call the perfect orator as a teacher every mm-hmm. time or the most organized woman in the ward as the relief society or primary president. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to be those people who struggle with it. And that's the point.
1: Yeah. And it's part of our job as members of our ward to support people in their callings. And that's one I've thought about more as i've had difficult callings and been grateful for people who supported me in my callings and then it came more to light like when i was a relief society teacher people that would go out of their way to make comments and Mm -hmm. things like that or that would come up and talk to me afterward or anything like that or even as right now i'm the primary pianist so like when people come up and tell me they're grateful for like when I play in the program or Mm -hmm. they'll tell me like, Oh boy, that's a really hard one to (laughs) accompany kids, which it is. (laughs) Right. Um, Then it just, those little things help you feel supported in your calling. So it makes me feel like I want to go out of my way a little bit more sometimes to support people in their callings, whether I think, Oh, they're, they've got this, this is easy for them or whether they're obviously struggling. Cause you don't really know. Sometimes people seem like they're
0: They're totally capable
1: and they're, yeah. Struggling, so you don't know that.
0: So to sum it up, you're not just sustaining them when you raise your hands. Yep, in sacrament meeting, <laughs> Sustain them nutshell. during the whole duration. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a good time to go to a, a break as usual. I mean, the sponsors are just flying in. We feel like, it feels like we have a new one every week. We if I didn't know any better. <laughs> this week, we've got a, a great law office to uh, offer their services to those of you who struggle. If, <laughs> if you don't trust in the Lord's timing, if you just want those answers now, I think that you're really <laughs> going to be interested in the law offices of Lehman and Lemuel. Go ahead and take a listen.
2: <laughs> have you or someone you love recently prayed for something that you didn't immediately receive in the exact manner in which you asked to receive it? You may be entitled to compensation. Call the law offices of Layman and Lemuel personal injury attorneys. We have represented thousands of unsatisfied and impatient people whose only mistake was was not trusting the Lord's timing. I prayed to get a job? That was like last weekend and I'm still unemployed. Layman and Lemuel can help. I prayed for bigger muscles. And all I got was a lousy gift card for a gym membership. Thanks for nothing. Layman and Lemuel understand your pain.
0: I offered a half hearted prayer that my ice cream would nourish and strengthen my body every night for a solid week, and I still gained three pounds. This is not okay.
2: Layman and Lemuel agree. If you're suffering from unanswered prayers, call the law offices of Layman and Lemuel now. You deserve better than to be asked to exercise patience and build faith. Layman and Lemuel, attorneys at law. The answer. You've been waiting for. And we're back. We
0: hope that none of you actually need their services. Have faith. Stretch yourselves. Don't be impatient. But there are some instances where there are those who do pray for things that maybe won't come true or maybe aren't quite as realistic. Maybe not. And it's okay because those people are tiny people. No, I don't mean the short folks out there. I'm talking about kids. Take it away.
1: All right. They regularly pray to beat levels on their video games. <laughs> That's one. They pray often- Pray over your fields, your yes. clocks, your levels of
0: videos, <laughs> video games.
1: They pray about things that are happening during the prayer. Like if they're sitting too close <laughs> together and someone is kicking somebody, they'll pray that their brother will stop kicking them. Yeah. In the fr- <laughs> that happens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> our daughter, our five-year-old, prays regularly for me to wash favorite items of clothing in the laundry the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wash my pants. Yep. <laughs> They pray to not have to share toys with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Specific toys, usually.
0: The evil spirit teaches the man not to swear.
1: <laughs> Our uh, three-year-old prayed the other day for the bananas not to go bad that we have.
0: <laughs> we should leave those up there and see, though. I know. How cool would that be three weeks I from know, now to report right? on that? <laughs>
1: Um, One that they regularly pray about that I'm not proud of is they pray (laughs) for me to get pop. (laughs) Like every day they pray, please let mama get pop today.
0: Our (laughs) three-year-old started it we thought the first time she included she that not that she pop. said mama did not get pop and but we all it. broke out laughing during the prayer <laughs> i
1: know and
0: i was all proud i was like yes <laughs> this is gonna break the to habit
1: repentance. yes she's gonna shame her
0: <laughs> not because i think it's against the word of wisdom just no, it's unhealthy and yeah it's too not many a good calories. habit i'm not happy to Terrible it habit. but she that was a one-off, and every yeah. time since, she prays for I will behavior. get pop. <laughs>
1: I think that's the one thing yeah, that makes me happy. Five which and seven-year-old shames have gone me on. even more.
0: It's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway,
1: though. But they do call it pop, which makes me frown. That's true. And then one that's really sweet that they regularly pray for is for the baby to let me get better sleep at night because mm-hmm. our baby wakes up a lot and um and for me to that have time doesn't for... come true no that one never comes <laughs> true
0: <through.
1: laughs> he's our first child that doesn't use a pacifier
0: yeah so well, we don't really
1: know how to deal with him waking up so much it's really hard all but... the
0: others you could just pop that stinking thing in and they'd go right back to sleep but he just wakes up and he's like i'm awake yep <laughs> give me food or turn the lights on and let me crawl around yep.
1: I think that's the main list I got. They mm-hmm. pray for silly things almost every time, but yeah, it's hard some ones. of
0: them to just keep a straight face it and is. not. We've definitely perfected the <laughs> open our eyes and peek, peek at, at each, each other, other and give a knowing <laughs> grin and then go back to pray to closing our eyes for the prayer. Yeah,
1: we still, uh, we still peek when our littlest one calls Heavenly Father <laughs> Henny Father. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so
0: cute i can't do it justice but it's pretty darn adorable yeah anyway so we opened the show by hinting that there was a big reveal happening later well those of you who made it this far you're about to be rewarded (laughs) brothers and sisters i would like to introduce to you my wonderful wife one amber michael (laughs) <laughs> and who am i this is todd michael <laughs> but, there are at least 18 people rapidly searching us up on facebook <laughs> as we speak so here's the thing we've pr- been pretty sure we wanted a docs for a while now and the main reason is because we don't actually have any real reason to Not, be anonymous yeah. <laughs> yeah. we started out anonymous just because it was kind of fun and entertaining But um, we're not tweeting anything that isn't doctrinally sound, and we feel strongly that being anonymous makes more sense for the more edgy folks, and if someone wants to try to cancel us for simply being a member of the church, bring it on. That's part and parcel to our daily lives anyway. We don't say anything on our Twitter accounts, and we won't say anything on this podcast that... We wouldn't say in real life or on Facebook or on Instagram or anywhere else. So if there are negative consequences for living the gospel and being who we are, we will deal with them as they come. But we don't really feel the need to hide behind anonymity. No. But we do love, well, mostly I do love fun internet games. So here's how we're going to play it. Please,
1: please,
0: people, you've been with us. For at least one episode, some of you from the beginning. (laughs) Do us this solid. We're not going to mention that we've duxed. We're not going to mention or reference our names or make any hint of this on Twitter, at least for the next few weeks. Yeah. So this is going to be our little secret. If you just heard us introduce ourselves as Todd and Amber Michael... You are lucky. You are among the lucky few. (laughs) But please don't mention it to anybody who doesn't listen to the podcast already because we find it really enjoyable to think about all of you knowing because you bothered listening and supporting us and all those other fools who don't take the time to listen being in the dark. Suckers! (laughs) So that's the plan. We'll see how long it lasts. I was joking earlier that some anti or exmo might listen just so they can find fodder to ridicule us over and
1: I'm sure they can find plenty. (laughs) Amber Amber
0: was like, yeah, I don't think they want to waste the half hour. So yeah, maybe not. Um, One on one final note on our way out though, I will say we are not your usual, your typical (laughs) Todd and Amber from California. (laughs) We hate the connotation that the name Todd has and the name Amber has Especially being from California.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rough.
0: It's like the antithesis of who we are.
1: Yeah, it's just the names don't really suit us.
0: At all. <laughs> no. But it's it's like what, what our you would imagine a
1: todd and an amber were like go with the opposite. Yeah. I've have
0: never us. worn a sweater around my shoulders. Yeah. No? Amber's hair is blonde naturally. No highlights. Yes. Need we say more? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty funny. So you were born in 1980. I was born 1985. Yeah, we uh, are victims of our birth years. Yep, those dang popular 80s names. Yeah, that's why we went with classics with our kids. I know. We're not going to tell you their names though, so it's still too secret. bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, this has been fun. Hopefully, that was an exciting little surprise you weren't expecting. Thanks again for listening. We absolutely appreciate you guys. Yes. And until next time, keep the secret. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everybody. Goodbye.